When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, someone we've had before, and I'll tell you what, um, he's seen everything in the entertainment business. He made some some of the great movies of uh, of his generation and our generation and uh, a lot of great music. And he's out there touring and he's extending his tour, the uh, the album and uh, and the single are both charting, doing very well. I was going to ask him how it's going, but I guess if you got to extend your tour, it's going very well. Corey Feldman is our very special guest. Uh, absolutely thrilled to have you again. Corey, how are you? Thank you so much, and thanks for having me on again. It's always appreciated, and always excited to talk to your audience. Well, listen, uh, it's you know, last time I, I I spoke to you, you know, we were talking about uh, you know getting out there, and you know, COVID being what it is, it kind of you know stopped everybody when kind of living for a little while. Um, we're past that, you know, not that COVID's over, right? But we are past that. Um, am I right to assume that if you're extending the tour, it's going very well? out amongst the living i gotta tell you you know i mean it was a rough few years for everybody but i think that's why this tour is working so well to be honest people have been kept up and cooped up for so long you know it's nice to get out but beyond just getting out we're doing something very different than probably most people out there right now which is we're creating a, a special event to celebrate love and to celebrate positive energy and there is this amazing exchange that happens every night where the audience is really feeling our positive vibes and we're really feeling theirs. And it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. You know, we, we've toured many times in the past. This is my 12th U.S. tour. Uh, but that said, every other time, you know, it, it felt more like there was a lot of people kind of, you know, coming to see the spectacle or coming because they, they heard the new single or whatever it is. But... They weren't necessarily, they weren't necessarily there because they were huge fans of the music or because they knew what to expect. Whereas this time, it feels like all the people that are coming have been very much listening to the music. They know a lot of the words. They're singing along all the time, and there's just these giant smiles on their faces, like they're so grateful to be there. And 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 you can feel it, and it really shows. And it's so much fun. Just having that connection, you know, even after the show, we do the VIP meet and greet and I get to hug the fans and it's so nice not to have the barricades and the masks and the, you know, the social distancing and the elbows and all that stuff we went through, you know, it's just so great for that to be over and to be able to resume normal activities again. So it's been a very beautiful process. Yeah, I, I've got to believe it. Uh, by the way, without you, such a great song. Uh, one, you know, wonderful. Song. There's so many. There's so many wonderful songs on this, uh, on this album. You mentioned uh, being your 12th tour. If uh, if you think about it, you know, back uh, probably when you did your first tour, 
uh, I don't know that the uh, zeitgeist or or the the feeling in the in the country would have played into uh, have everybody you know uh, uh, share love and everything else. Certainly in the seventies. You know, we would have that in the 60s. We'd have that. And maybe now. But am, am I right to assume that um, that there was this uh, the time period where that just doesn't work? Oh, yeah. I mean, please. When when I first toured in the it was like, what, the, the mid 90s. I mean, come on. Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, uh, you know, all that kind of very dark, you know, Soundgarden and STP. Those were the popular bands. So I remember going out there and the whole idea was like, how hard could you be? How edgy could you be? How dark could you be? And I was a guy who had just gotten out of rehab, who had just been a, a, a drug addict and gone through all these terrible times. And I was just trying to like find my way in the world as a young sober dude. So uh, we were playing punk clubs. We were playing, you know, really just down and dirty rock clubs. I mean, I remember people, you know, they would throw beer bottles at us to say thank you. Wow. You know, yeah, right. they were throwing beer bottles to say we love you. You know, that was their, their appreciation in those days. So it was much darker times uh, that, that we were going through. I mean, not to say that we're not going through dark times now, because I think there's, there's certainly been a fair share of it, but I feel like now... Uh, we're kind of on the, the other side of it in some way. I feel like now people have really kind of realized, like, hey, we don't want to go there. We don't want to go too dark because we see where it can lead. And I think now everybody's kind of backpedaling away from the darkness and trying to find that love and that place of, of positive energy on this planet again. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a time of rebirth. But, yeah, when it started back in the, in the mid-'90s, it was definitely the opposite of that. It was like we had just gone through the 80s and everything was bright and cheery and colorful and everything was great. And then everybody wanted to like kind of crash and burn during the 90s. It was like, yeah, forget all that. Let's be rough. Let's be tough. Let's be, you know, edgy and dark. Yeah. And and we certainly went for it, let me tell you. Yeah. So so it's, it's nice to be out there now. It sure is. Yeah, and, and you, you mentioned recovery. I, I think people are respecting... Uh, recovery. They're expecting uh, substance abuse in a different way now than uh, than they would have in the '90s. And uh, you know, I mean, and and the not you know a lot of those bands that you uh, uh, that you mentioned, they weren't anywhere near recovery, and uh, you know, at that, those time periods, and they lost their no, yeah, they lost their lives for for that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, look, I mean, if you, if you follow the timeline of everything. I was kind of off, right? I was, I was, I guess you would say, a leader in, in many ways, right? I was the first guy uh, in the '80s to to be a teen actor who was arrested for hard drugs, you know. And not that that's any kind of badge that I want to wear proudly, no, but still, uh, because it's certainly nothing to be proud of. But but you know, I definitely was the first uh, of of a long kind of line of you know, fallen child stars, I guess you would say, uh, that happened around that time. And then I also was the first guy to get sober and start, you know, going around and touting the idea of sobriety. So at a time when I would say that, you know, most of the country was falling into this dark kind of heroin chic thing that was happening, uh, I was actually on the other side of it coming out of that going, hey, I've been there, I've done that. It's not that cool, trust me. And if you want to survive in this world, uh, you're going to have to do it sober. So uh, it was very interesting. I was always kind of fighting against the grain, I guess you would say, uh, leading in my own way 
uh, trying to show people that, you know, it would be better off if, if we all kind of got sober and, and got back to that happy place. And I think it took the rest of the world about 10 years to catch up. We had to go through 9-11. We had to go through all these dark times. Uh, but I think after what we just went through with Trump and all that stuff, yeah. you know, there's never been a, a, a more poignant time on the planet for love to to come back as the main focus and the main energy that we all need to tap into. So I think we're there. I think we're there. Well, listen, Corey, congratulations on, on your career. It's a great one, uh, whether it's music, uh, TV, uh, film. Um, and by the way, recovery recovery is something to be very proud of, and uh, and you wear it well. Thank you. And and uh, listen, we'll be talking about your album as we let you go. I know a lot of people are waiting for you. Uh, do you have a website or a social media site where you could uh, uh, give us where we can follow Absolutely. along with what you're doing? Absolutely, yes. You can buy uh, meet and greet VIP meet and greets to all of my shows. We are going to be on tour all the way up until December 17th. Right now we're in North Carolina. Uh, we're going to be in North and South Carolina. We're going to be two stops in Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. So we're still all over the country. So if you happen to be out there and not just sitting at home in Jersey uh, or, or New York, because we did just play Jersey and New York, by yeah. the way. Um, but, uh, but you know, we're going to be all over the country for the next few weeks. So if you get a chance to come out and see us, you can find the dates and you can buy VIP meet and greets at my website, CoreyFeldman.net. You can also pick up copies of my new box set and my new EP vinyl we have there as well well as my social media which is on Instagram at C Dog D O Double G twenty two. C Dog twenty two on Instagram and at Corey underscore Feldman on Twitter. Corey, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. Same here. Uh Corey Feldman, everyone. And like I said, he's seen it all. And um hey listen, you know, a lot a lot's happened in his life. And, you know, he mentions, uh, you know, he doesn't wear it as a badge of honor, you know, having the, uh, the substance abuse. But what he should wear as a badge of honor is that he came out of it. I think Sarah um, Bernhardt, uh, she was uh, the, the great silent film star. She said there's no shame in falling down. The shame is not trying to get up once you do fall down. And, you know, that's just it. And that's uh, that's all about recovery and uh, and and you know substance abuse and so forth. So I mean the folks that are out there that are uh, that are, are dealing with it and conquering um, substance abuse. You know kudos to them, and including Corey Feldman. Um, his uh, his album is new. His tour is uh, is current. He's extending it um, without you, and it's uh, the song is without you. The, the letter U, a uh, very good song. Um, uh, love left two, uh, army with love. A couple of other songs and uh, and his album and listen, he's a survivor. Corey Corey Feldman. Uh, regardless of what you think of him, um, you know you got to respect the you got to respect the uh, uh, the survival aspect of him. And he's he's been in a lot of great films, Stand by Me and uh, Lost Boys and. Uh, so many, you know, so many great movies along the way. A lot of music, um, you know, documentaries, um, f uh, you know, uh, all all kinds of uh, films, but uh, books. He's uh, he's put together a great career. Corey Feldman has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. 
This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, the legend, the absolute legend, Edgar Winter, is our very special guest. And he is uh, he is Grammy uh, nominated once again for uh, Brother Johnny. And that is a tribute album to the uh, late, great Johnny Winter and uh, just uh, two legendary brothers. And uh, so honored to talk to uh, Edgar here. And there's so many guest performances on this album. We've spoken uh, about it before on the show a couple times on the show. And it is just it's just dynamite. It is a must get. Edgar Winter, how are you? I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, listen! It's uh, it, it's it's amazing. You're just uh, you're just constantly going and and constantly moving. Um, I I just uh, I don't know where you get the energy, but uh, you know I I wish I had it. I wish I had what you uh, what you have. Let me ask you about your brother, and uh, and you growing up. Uh, is is there something you could tell us about your brother as a kid? That that we didn't know about Johnny, or that we we may have overlooked, or with all the bios and all the different uh, talk about Johnny Winter, is there anything we don't know about him as a kid? Well, I think the main difference between us, uh, Johnny had that dream, he had that drive and ambition. Back as far as I can remember, he was going to be a star. I mean, he watched bandstand and read all the magazines and had a huge record collection and he was Johnny Cool Daddy Winter with the pompadour and the shades and the guitars and the girls and I was like the quiet kid who played all the instruments and we both loved music Uh, but uh, you know another thing about you know our both being albino uh, Johnny's always been my all-time musical hero, but uh, he also uh, reached out to the world with his music, and he showed me that uh, that that was not necessarily a drawback. He he actually turned that into something cool. So you know his appearance and just his whole vibe that he developed uh, as as a result of that was was something that I always marveled at. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think also uh, Johnny's very uh, sensitive and intelligent, and he kind of liked, you know, his love of the blues. You know, he all like he's a true blues man. You know, he played the music and lived the life, and he kind of liked to project that image but uh i i don't think people are aware of uh how intelligent and uh and subtle and sensitive he was in a way like when he and i worked on my first album the entrance album uh he wrote really deep what to me were really deep lyrics so uh i guess you know there's not a whole lot more I can say. We uh, were just inseparable as kids, and we we started playing ukuleles and singing Everly Brothers songs when I was like six years old. And uh, then Johnny graduated to guitar, and I said, well, I'll play everything else. 
So that yeah. was pretty much the beginning. And I, our whole family, incidentally, was music. My dad played guitar, banjo, played alto sax in a swing band in his youth. And he sang in the choir. He had a barbershop quartet that would come over and sing. My mother played beautiful classical piano. So, you know, music was just in our household as far as I can remember. You know, there you go. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the the look. Uh, do do you realize you're talking to someone who had? I had an Edgar Winter poster and I had a Johnny Winter poster on my uh, on my wall as a kid, and and so many of my friends did too. And and we thought you were the coolest looking guys that we've ever seen in our, our <laughs> lives. And I'm sure a lot of people uh, that have. Uh, that were born uh, al- albino, I'm sure over the years, uh, uh, m- many of them reached out to both you and Johnny and said, you know, thanks for, for making it cool, or thanks for me. Ma- I mean, did you get a lot of that? Well, you know, kids will make fun of anything. Like if you're too short or too fat or too tall or you got a funny voice or, or, you know. So, of course, we went through that, but it never bothered it never bothered me that much uh just you know kid that's 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 the way it is so uh it uh i but the the thing about music i think for both of us it was interesting how we reacted in such like different ways uh johnny for johnny he sort of reached out to the world with his music and he saw it as uh, a means of gaining popularity i on the other hand uh johnny was more the extrovert and i the introvert so i sort of withdrew into my own personal world of music but i just love music in and of itself just the beauty of chords the harmony melody rhythm and uh it gave me a sense of identity and uh, uh and the other thing that I loved about music was just that spiritual feeling. Uh, it, when when you get immersed in music, uh, it takes you out of yourself. And it's the same thing when you're listening to uh, music, whether you're playing it on stage or you're in the audience, you know, listening to a great performer or player for that moment in time, uh, you're just transported, uh, swept away in the moment, and all your cares and worries uh, of every day drop away. And, uh, you know, it makes me feel like I'm part of something greater than myself. And uh, and I, I love that. Uh, uh, music, you know, just either it takes you somewhere or, or it doesn't. That's pretty pretty much the long and short of it. Edgar, do you remember when you first felt like, my God, we made it, or, or Johnny made it, or, or, or uh, you made it? Do you, do you remember that, that feeling or, or the moment that you, you had that experience of saying, hey, we did it? When was it? Well, uh, for Johnny, I'm, for sure, I'm, when he made it, uh, as, a, as a result of that Rolling Stone article where he was just more or less proclaimed the new hot Texas Flash yeah. uh, guitar slinger. Uh, and and it happened, like people would say, oh, it happened overnight. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, but all the years of right. playing right. uh, that went into it are really why it happened. 
And for me, I just never cared about that. And and uh, you mentioned the the the. I, I never cared about fame or fortune or success. And you mentioned the nomination. Well, you know, it's not the award itself uh, that would mean anything uh, that would have great meaning for me, but the acknowledgement uh, and the validation from the music industry and uh, and the academy uh, means everything to me because uh, uh, it, that may help more people to discover the album uh, Brother Johnny and my my dream was just to simply become a better musician and pass on that love and inspiration to uh, fans of the music yet to come and I hope that the album Brother Johnny will do just that yeah, it, it's just a great album. Congratulations, Edgar, on everything. Just an amazing career and, and the album and the nomination. And uh, what, what a wonderful tribute to the late, great Johnny Winter. Uh, Edgar, do you have a website or a social media site you want to give us where we could follow Certainly. along with you and yeah. them? EdgarWinter.com. Edgar, Just thank- go there and go to the backstage area, and you'll you'll hear everything. As far as the album, I want to thank three people. First of all, my beautiful wife, Monique, to have been uh, happily and blissfully married now for 43 years. Wow. She wow. convinced me to make the record uh, without her love and encouragement and support. I don't think I would have done it. Uh, Ross Hogarth, the engineer mixer, uh, really became the co-creator of the album and had so many, brought so many great artists into the project that I never would have thought of. And Bruce Corto, the president of Corto Valley Records, who he he really wanted to do the record for all the right reasons. He loved Johnny's music and wanted to bring that to the world. So my thanks to them. Well, Edgar Winter, my thanks to you. Thank you very much for being here. Oh, you're you're very welcome. And you know, such an outpouring of love. Uh, you know, and respect for Johnny from all of these great uh, people. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, just to uh, name a few: Joe Bonamassa, Joe Walsh, yep. Billy Gibbons, Derek Trucks, Warren Haynes, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, Michael McDonald, Taylor Hawkins, Ringo Starr, Kebmo, Bobby Rush, you know, Doyle Bramhall Jr., Steve Lukather, John McPhee, Robin Ford. Just a great guitarist and uh you know uh, the record took on a life of its own through their amazing performances and i thank them all edgar we thank you again congratulations well thank you and to all our fans out there we love you and keep on rocking edgar winter everyone uh recently nominated for another grammy and um you know it's interesting he uh he brought that up about uh albino both johnny and he were born albino and um yeah i can imagine you know uh the bullying that that went on they didn't call it back then bullying but um but uh, you know we had posters of the the winter brothers and they were just kind of you know as teenagers or whatever they because they look so different um you know, he's a lot older than me. You know, he's uh, 20-something years, maybe 25 years older than me, something like that. So, um, I mean, but just seeing them and, and 
you know, looking that different. It just had a such a, um, a you know, different look to it. And it's funny how he, uh, uh, you know, he mentioned that uh, Johnny had the ambition and uh, Johnny was the extrovert. I mean, he talks. I mean, you, you hear where where Edgar is. But uh, the, the great Edgar Winter has been our very special guest. Brother Johnny is the album. Get it. Um, he's tremendous and a great lasting tribute to his brother, Johnny Winter. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, thrilled to have just a wonderful actress. Every time I see her in something, I I, I don't think she could top herself, but she is uh, just terrific. Uh, from, from about last night when she first emerged to big when she really exploded to watch her in weeds you're thinking my god this is this is an actress uh, an actor's actor and you recently are watching her now in the moody's which is terrific with dennis leary and you'll be able to see her and truth be told uh on on apple and uh, i'll tell you what that's uh that's something i'm excited about uh, it's a kathleen barber based on a kathleen barber novel uh, are you sleeping truth be told and it stars elizabeth perkins and she is terrific and i'm thrilled to have you elizabeth how are you thank you thank you how are you terrific um I, you're you're constantly working i mean do you uh, do you have any time to breathe do you get any uh any time off or is it just constantly uh, on the move <laughs> I love what I do, and I feel completely blessed to be able to work as much as I've been working and going on 35 years now. So I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't just get such a huge thrill out of out of my job. And I'm so proud to be working on both of these shows right now and um, just grateful at 59 that I get up every morning and go off to work. Really blessed. God, you're 59. You look 30. You look 30 years old. Thank you very much. Well, well listen, uh, and the Moody's, you have to be thrilled, and, and Dennis and everybody involved in that has to be thrilled with the response. I, I think um, I, I think it's it's probably everything that you hoped it would, would turn into. I won't put words in your mouth, but you have to be pretty pleased. Oh, absolutely. You know, and this is uh, Fox's sort of kickoff to the not-so-silent ni- night December lineup, and um, they, they've been so supportive of us, you know, from the very beginning, from the first day of shooting. And it, it's just a great um, story about a, a tight-knit but slightly dysfunctional family, all of whom sort of gather in their hometown of Chicago for an attempt at the perfect holiday, which, of course, with Dennis Leary is never going to go <laughs> right. <laughs> And um, it's fun. It's a fun holiday show. Yeah, it, you know, it's it, you know, I've seen different people say and different people from the cast that yeah. don't expect to see a big downer. And I know you, you know, like you, you don't want to spoil for you know for people, but uh, in in general, I think when when you see something around the holidays, you're thinking, oh, at the end, Elizabeth's going to die, or something, something terrible is going to happen, right. or whatever. And uh, and some people, I, I think, are reluctant to watch the, <laughs> the last piece 
and uh, and and watch it all go. But I think they're openly saying that this is not going to break your heart at the end. No, this is not. Nobody dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, nah, I'm not going to say nobody. But okay. Dennis, you know, Dennis and I don't die. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the but big what thing. I love about this show is that it's it, it, it's sort of the antidote to you know that perfect holiday movie where you know snow is falling and people are dressed in cashmere and they have stockings hung by the chimney and you know beautiful roast comes out of the oven none of that happens in this show (laughs) and if you want to watch a show like that this is not the show for you this is a show about you know a family in the south side of chicago who uh, uh just because they yell and scream at each other doesn't mean they don't love each other so it's it's completely the opposite of say the movie miracle on 34th street (laughs) Which, which you were in. in, yeah. Which you were in. You were great in that too. <laughs> but it's not that. Yeah. Well, listen. If you want to see something sappy or sugary, uh, Frank Capra, uh, it, it will be played. You know, and every time too. And I love. Don't get me wrong. I love. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful life and all that. But if you want to see, if you want to see all of that, you know, there's there's places to see, places to see them around the holidays. But we want to see some realism too. And the Moody's uh, certainly defines that. Great job on that uh, to you, Dennis, and Thank everybody you. else. Involved. Uh, truth be told, uh, this is uh, something else that I, I'm hearing great things about, and uh, and Thank I know you, you know I, I know people are anticipating this. Uh, Kathleen Barber, uh, you know, has written uh, you know an amazing uh, novel, and Are You Sleeping? Mm-hmm. And this is based on that. What can you give us on Truth Be Told? Well, it, it's an interesting story based around uh, a podcaster named Poppy Parnell, who's played by Octavia Spencer, who, um, when new evidence sort of compels her to reopen uh, a murder case that that actually made her a national sensation, she has to come face-to-face with the man, Aaron Paul, that she may have mistakenly helped put behind bars for the past 19 years. Um, I play Aaron Paul's mother, Melanie Cave, who's been working day and night for the last 19 years to get him out of jail for a, a, a crime he did not commit. Um, so it's sort of, although, you know, the, the podcast is the backdrop for uh, the show's narrative, it's, it's really um, a family drama about, you know, what what it's like for people when their murder cases are sensationalized and you know there's been a lot of sensational podcasts like serial or even you know on on netflix with the making of a murderer but um nobody really talks about what that's like for the victims and the victims families or even for people who are wrongly incarcerated and um i love that the show explores it from that angle Listen, absolutely terrific. I know you're on the run, and a lot of people are waiting to talk to you. But uh, listen, congrats, <laughs> congratulations on the Moody's. It is, uh, it's terrific. It's all the, all, Thank all that you, Frank. hype. I appreciate it. Uh, was saying, but congratulations on really a great career, ongoing career, just t- terrific work all throughout. And if you if you can give us a website or a social media site where people can follow along with what you do. Uh, that's Elizabeth dash perkins.org listen thank you very much for being here elizabeth perkins and we're looking forward to truth be told i it could be a long-running uh situation right i mean truth be told it could could end up going for a long time 
that, that's always everybody's hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Great job. Always. And thank you again for <laughs> thank being Thank you here. so much. Elizabeth Perkins, everyone, is uh, has been our very special guest, and she was in uh, the Moody's. And uh, if you haven't seen it, we you know we won't spoil, but uh, it's it's funny, it's good, it's um, it's not sappy, as she said. And that's Dennis Leary. That's Fox's um, version of a, a Christmas special and a six episode. Uh, special there, but truth be told, uh, is something that, that they're hoping will go on for a while with Aaron Paul from uh, from Breaking Bad, and she plays his mother, and and I'm not kidding, she looks boy, she looks great, 59 years old. I mean, she's uh, uh, she always looks great. Uh, you saw her uh, uh, debut in About last night with uh, Demi Moore, and and uh, I think it was Rob Lowe, right? And and she was uh, you know she was the friend, she was the buddy there, and. And she uh, she really made a name for herself, and then she was opposite Tom Hanks, uh, the <laughs> and Big, you know, which I thought was terrific. Penny Marshall uh, directed that, and and she was terrific in that. And you know, she was uh, this hard nosed uh, corporate type that was uh, working the way, and then you know she meets uh, uh, Tom Hanks' character, and uh, and he's uh, he's emerging as a, a as a toy. Um, corporation star as a VP, you know, because he's a little kid and he grew up, whatever. It's a, it's. I, I love the movie Big, and she was terrific in it. <clears throat> She's very good in Weeds. If you haven't seen Weeds and you're looking for something to, to, to binge watch, it, it came out roughly around the time of Breaking Bad, and I, I, you know, I'm not comparing it to Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was incredible, but uh, Weeds uh, has uh, has great moments, and a big part of those moments is Elizabeth Perkins. She was uh, she was terrific in it, and she you talk about dysfunction. She plays a seriously dysfunctional uh, woman. It's all based around uh, this one community and and uh, a pot dealer. Not that she was the pot dealer, but her her friend was uh, the 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 pot dealer. And uh, it, you know, again, it came out right around the same time as Breaking Bad, and Breaking Bad went in a whole different direction. Uh, Weeds has a, a softer uh, version. Really, they, they they have very little to do with each other, other than the fact that they are um, they're about tr- dealing drugs. Uh, you know, one uh, on the meth end, and then one on the pot. And and uh, you know, Kevin Nealon is in Weeds, but I. I I binged most of it and it was good, but she stands out. She stands out as a terrific uh, character and uh, you know an unlikable character at times. But she's she's an actress, boy. She's really uh, she really does a wonderful job there. Truth be told, again uh, coming out and you can check it out on on Apple and they shot a season and they're hoping that. Uh, more than that happens. It's based on, uh, as I mentioned, a Kathleen Barber. Barber uh, novel called Are You Sleeping? And and she kind of gave a little synopsis on it. But uh, check out uh, the Moody's, the six-episode uh, version of, of Fox's idea of a, of a nice Christmas tale. And again, it's not sappy. It's, uh, you, know, it's you know, as close to real life as you can get. And um, yeah, it, people are going to like it. I think people are going to enjoy it. But again, uh, Elizabeth Perkins uh, just put together an incredible career. Uh, Wilma Flintstone. I didn't bring it up while she was on, right? But I, I didn't see the Flintstones movie, but she was in that, and that was significant and uh, just a, a terrific career. Elizabeth Perkins has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on 
Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, uh, a terrific actor, uh, Tommy Everett Scott, or Tom Everett Scott, uh, is uh, starring alongside Dolly, Dolly Parton, a new holiday uh, movie. And uh, it's, uh, listen, he's a talented guy, very talented guy, a lot of talent on that screen. And, you know, to, let's face it, to be acting opposite a legend is uh, is always got to be exciting. And uh, it premieres uh, tomorrow, actually, on NBC. And, uh, you know, it's Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas. Uh, Tom Everett Scott, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, terrific. Uh, it, it's got. To, I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but I. I imagine it's got to be uh, it, fascinating working with somebody like Dolly, who's seen it all, and who's uh, you know so well respected. Uh, it, it's got to be exciting to work with her. Have you worked with her before? I uh, know this was the first time that I ever worked with Dolly Parton, and I was so excited to meet her. Um, this was just such a great opportunity for me because. I've always just loved her music, and I've just, you know, loved who she is. And um, certainly, my my wife and my my daughter, you know, were like, "You're doing this movie. You are. Doesn't matter. You're just doing it." Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it was a, it, it was a great experience. She's she's great. She's so wonderful. You know what's great about Christmas movies is that, and I say this a lot, but I mean they're evergreen. So the thing is that you know you're not doing it for one year and then nobody's going to watch it. I mean they're they're constantly playing, and people are constantly looking for uh, entertainment that are are, are Christmas based. And this is something that, you know, 50 years from now, uh, people are going to most likely be watching. A hundred years from now, uh, they're going to be watching, especially, you know, look, uh, Dolly Parton um, is, has hit that, um, uh, that status where, uh, where she's always going to be in, in, in the American vernacular. She's always going to be in the, uh, in, in the conversation somewhere. So uh, to me, I, you know, it's good to listen to your wife and daughter on this. Yeah, exactly. And and you're right about Christmas movies. I mean, there there's so many, but you're still looking for more. Each year you watch your your favorites, you watch the old-time classics, but then it's kind of nice to have a new one to watch. And um yeah, I I'm a I'm a big-time Christmas fan. I, I just get really into it. I mean, I already put my lights up. Uh we we have been debating whether or not it's too early to start and uh it's not. You know, it's, as soon as Thanksgiving is over, bam. We're watching Christmas movies. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, you've done so much over, uh, you know, over the, the course of your career, and uh, you've done some really, really great work, uh, An American Werewolf in Paris and uh, uh, Dead Man on Campus and uh, The Love Letter. I, you've, done, you've done so much uh, great work. Uh, what is the – how is the, the pandemic – and I hate to keep talking about the pandemic, but, again, it, it's this swath of time – that uh, that either stopped people cold, redirected people, and uh, I, I don't know how you uh, handled it. You mentioned having uh, you know the the family, and I, I guess that makes it that makes it easier, different. I mean, I'm a family uh, man uh, myself here, but what did what did the pandemic do, and when was this shot? 
Yeah, so this was shot this year in um, in Tennessee at Dollywood um, in August. So Christmas movie being shot in Tennessee in August that was a, that was a challenge. <laughs> um, but 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 good, you know. Um, but the pandemic, I think, was like a time to just be with my family. So selfishly, I was very grateful because my work kind of takes me on the road all the time, and I haven't been lucky to spend a lot of time with my kids since they were born there's been you know lots of times when dad was around you know uh and full-time home you know when i'm home i'm not doing anything but being with them and then i'll get a job and i'll go away for like a couple weeks or a month or whatever and and so the pandemic was a time to just be with them which was great and then as 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 people started going back to work uh, i started you know getting back out there. I did a series in Wilmington, North Carolina called The Summer I Turned Pretty, which is on Amazon. Uh, this, we just finished our second season this year. And then, you know, this movie was Dolly, which, you know, was such a great escape. I don't know if you've ever been to the Smoky Mountains, but it was a pretty fun adventure. Yeah, I, I have been. It's it's one of the most beautiful sections of the uh, of the country. It's really underestimated, also, and it's under un, undervalued, uh, except by the people who've been there and and who have seen it. But but a lot of it just doesn't get the hype the Rockies get and uh, and in just different parts. But uh, it, you know, you kind of uh, piqued my uh, curiosity when you said that you shot this at Dollywood in uh in august which i imagine is the busy time for for dollywood what what do they do did they they shut down a section of the the park or uh, the whole park i mean what was uh, the experience like to to shoot this in august yeah there you know they had the park open there would be um obviously yes we would section off where we would work there were some days that the whole park was closed that we had it to ourselves but there were days where we had to hold shooting to you know because there was a roller coaster rolling by or steam engine you know train i mean it was uh we were smack dab in the middle of dollywood um but that's the whole experience man and you know just she is she is so cute and we had such a fun time making this movie i have to tell you yeah i i've got to believe and i just yeah, kudos. I'm I'm thrilled that you got this opportunity. I'm and thrilled we have the opportunity to uh, to talk about it. Uh, give us a little rundown of the uh, of of the plot, and uh, you know, give us uh, obviously no spoilers, right? Uh, but you know, I'm sure there's a happy ending. But you know, you don't have to spoil it with that. But Dolly Parton's Mount, uh, Magic Mountain Christmas. Uh, Tom, give us a little overview. So the movie starts, and she's performing, and she it snows, and she's like, you know, you know inspired. To, to do something Christmassy, the snow is making her feel like you know Christmas, and and she but she wants to do something for everybody who's out there in the world, thinking that you know things are kind of going to you know going in the wrong direction, and people are being more you know divided than united. And she's like, I want to do something for everybody, just lift everybody's spirits. And so she calls me. I play Sam Askell, her her real life producer, who she's known for forty over forty years. And so she calls me and. We put on this movie. So it's the making of a movie uh, for NBC, for everybody in the world to see. And there's lots of music. She does all these duets with great people, Willie Nelson. Oh, my God, Willie Nelson. Yeah. I mean, what a legend. I got wow. goosebumps. Um, and then Miley Cyrus, who's her goddaughter, and Jimmy Fallon, who's hilarious, and lots of other people. And so it's just really, really a sweet, uplifting musical movie. It's an extravaganza. Yeah, it's just I'm looking at at some of the stars that are, you know uh, Jimmy Allen, Zach Williams, 
uh, you know, the, the others that you mentioned, Angel Parker, Anna Gasteyer. Uh, it's, it, when, whenever you have a star like, uh, like Dolly, uh, look around, there's, there's usually a lot of other stars there. And, uh, you know, especially someone like her, uh, you know, you mentioned, Will, you know, Willie, uh, it just, uh, it just an amazing experience. I'm sure it's just absolutely uh, wonderful for you. We can't wait to see it. Um, before we let you go, give us a little uh, idea of what else is going on in your life. Uh, I know there's, uh, you know, there's, there's always a lot going on with you. You do a terrific job. You put together a wonderful career. Let us know if there's anything you could talk about that, uh, that you're signed on to do or anything else that's, uh, that's coming out. And certainly before you go, uh, make sure we get your, your website or social media site uh, where we could follow along with what's going on with you. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, just keep working away. I've got a movie coming out called One True Loves with Simu Liu and Philippa Su. Um, that, uh, you know, is a really a great love story based on a novel called One True Loves. I'm on a TV series called uh, The Summer I Turned Pretty. It's on Amazon. Season one is out. We just finished season two. That'll be out soon. Um, and you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Tommy Scott or... Um, you can check me out on Instagram at Tom Everett Scott. I don't really post all that much though, so don't don't expect much. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm always doing stuff, and and um, you know, definitely check out this Dolly Parton movie because she's she's a legend. You know. Yeah, well, listen, uh, you've put together an incredible career for yourself, so congrats on all of that. Everything that you've done with uh, your, your body of work is terrific, uh, and and congratulations certainly with Dolly Parton's magic. Uh, Mountain Christmas. Uh, Tom Everett Scott, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Terrific actor. Tom Everett Scott. And, you know, again, he's put together a uh, a wonderful career. I, I was saying, don't spoil, uh, d you know, don't spoil, but we imagine something that's called Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas that, you know, nobody's getting blown away at the end or the, the whole staff isn't going to come down and uh, it's not going to be a... Uh, uh, Steel Magnolias type ending. I mean, let's face it, it's, uh, it's going to be a happy ending, right? It's not, uh, you know, no, you don't have to spoil there. Um, but if if you if it was having some tragedy at the end, and he told us, of course, it would be, um, uh, it, it it would be. I, I just saw on YouTube, uh, <laughs> who's it? Is it Maisie Williams? Is that is that who played? Um, uh, Ari, uh, Arian, uh, what is it, Ariana uh, Stark, uh, and I saw her on, on Jimmy Fallon, and she spoiled uh, about getting, uh, you know, getting killed. Ariana got killed, and, uh, you know, what, ep what episode, and you just saw her whole life just flash before her eyes. Because uh, you know, obviously she was uh, she was let in on on something. I don't even know if it ended that way. I can't remember what happened with her character. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just if you watch it on YouTube, just watch uh, watch uh, Jimmy Fallon and uh, what's her name Maisie Williams, I think, who did a great job in that role. But uh, you felt terrible for her. She she was like, "Is this tape? Please, is this tape?" Um, but anyway, uh, check it out if you get a chance. Uh, Tom Everett Scott is uh, is in uh, Dolly Parton's new NBC holiday movie, Dolly Parton's Mountain Magic Christmas. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. 
He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.